On Tuesday, O.K. Ndibe, last week's uh, Trust Truth presenter, related a story at dinner of a woman lost in the jungle. Hearing a noise near her in the undergrowth, she became fearful. And then, a moment later, the fulfillment of all her fears, a huge lion leapt out into her path, roared in her face, and just before it looked as though he was about to pounce, the woman fell to her knees, folded her hands, closed her eyes, and prayed ardently, Lord, intercede, give me safety, touch his heart, forgive my sins, and let him not consume me. As this long prayer continued, it dawned on her that she had not been destroyed. So slowly she opened one eye and looked and saw the lion right in front of her still, but now the lion squatting with his paws folded and his eyes downcast. And she was amazed at this miraculous recovery. She extended her hand and touched him and said, Lion, has the Lord touched your heart? And he opens his eyes and says, Madam, I don't know what you're speaking about. I'm saying grace before my dinner. <laughs> okay, tells wonderful stories. And I had to share it with you today, not only because I loved it, but because our Lord is very lion-like in our gospel today. There's a reason why C.S. Lewis, when he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, depicted the Lord as Aslan, the lion, the one who the beavers said was good but not safe, goes about roaring today in the temple, casting out the money changers and those who were selling animals. It's not a nice passage. It's surely not safe. As he's driving them out, we reflect on the, the significance of our need for him to drive out anything that is evil in our hearts and in our world. But as we do so, we realize that it's, it's at times it seems as though we're putting on a good show. The reason he drove out those money changers and the animals was not because they were inherently bad. This was not in the, in the sanctuary, the Holy of Holies of the temple. This was the outer courtyard. It was part of the Jewish practice, and we could spend a good time studying that. I hope you can picture the courtyards of the temple to understand the layout. If not, you can Google it and understand it better. But it was about true worship, not just putting on a good show <laughs> any more than the lion, piously putting his paws together, was about a touching of his heart in the story today. Worship can never just be skin deep. So we must reflect now, almost halfway through Lent, how are we doing with the life-changing penances and practices that we have taken on this Lent? Sometimes the, the sacrifices we make, the, the meat on Fridays and the, the fasting, the, the abstaining from 
who knows, chocolates or sweets or alcohol or whatever the sacrifices that we make are, they can, they can be a good show. But what is it intended but a change of heart? Like the woman who desired a change of heart for the lion, we have a chance today to look and to hear the scriptures presented to us. How are we doing with receiving them? Great test is how about those Ten Commandments in our first reading, Exodus 20. We go through all Ten Commandments, and I think we all learned them as kids, at least the vast majority of us did. And we learned the bullet points, right? But I invite you to spend some time with the beginning of the Ten Commandments as related in Exodus. The first commandment is so long. It's much longer than any of us ever memorized, and at least longer than I did. But why? Why was it so significant? Because none of the rest are possible without that first one. I, the Lord, am your God. What what did he do? He brought them out of the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. There shall be no other gods, no carving of idols. Nothing but God himself, for he is a jealous God. He inflicts punishment on wickedness down to the third and fourth generation, but bestowing mercy down to the thousandth generation. All of this sets the scene for what Lent is about, what the whole Christian life is about. And as one scripture scholar taught me, from there, all the rest of the commandments make sense. If he is the Lord our God, then none of the rest is possible. I am the Lord your God. If so, it's not possible for you to take my name in vain. I am the Lord your God. If so, it's not possible for you not to keep holy the Lord's day. I am the Lord your God. If so, it's not possible for you not to honor your parents or kill or commit adultery or steal or covet or any of the rest of the breaking of the commandments. They're not possible if if the Lion of Judah is our Lord. Christopher comes to us today seeking, seeking that turn apart. He seeks to be baptized at Easter, and we gather here that that Lord of our lives may come into his heart, driving out anything that is dark and evil. We pray for you, Christopher, your grandmother, your sponsor, who's here with you, and all together that that Lord may roar in your life today and always.